I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. If you're wondering what the 2018 recruiting class looked like for Syracuse football, we have it for you. Joe's locked in. Let's go. What's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 57 of the Cuse Nation podcast. If you could please subscribe to whatever platform you listen on, that would really help us out. And we'll be in your library as soon as an episode is published. We really appreciate that. This is a football-only episode in between breaks. You can, in fact, as of the time of this recording, go back to episode 56. It's still relevant on um, uh, the post-Louisville and the preview for... Uh, Wake Forest, still available, obviously. You can go check that out, too. But this is all football. 2018 recruiting class, Joe. What's up, bro? Yes, sir. What's going on, Joe's buddy? Joe's excited. This is yes. his, this is his deal. He, he loves some some Syracuse football. And uh, this is, in over 10 years, probably their best recruiting class. So Yeah. Well, football our, overall. So, yeah. Right. Um, you, do you want to just jump right in? You have anything to start with or what? Well, just just like you said, to start, um, it, all these uh, numbers and stuff I'm going to throw out there, it's based off 247 sports rankings. Um, so I'm just going to throw that out there. And um, we're looking at a class that right now is ranked 50th in the country and 9th in the ACC. And... That is only with 18 scholarships. Uh, the max scholarships um, usually in a class you can have is 25. And um, depending on how many scholarships you have available, it uh, depends on that. But with having only 18 uh, scholarships and being ranked up where we are, um, I could say that without a doubt, uh, like what Mike McAllister said and what everyone's been saying, is uh, this is definitely uh, the best recruiting class uh, here for a while. Yeah, so kind of exciting. And um you know, Babers was happy. He's he's stoked about it, and um, it's going to allow him to be a little bit more versatile and with with still a young team. So, um, all right, Joe. Chance of me, quarterback, 6'3", 191 pounds, from Robert E. Lee High School in Tyler, Texas. What do you got? Uh, he was a three-star, um, ranked the 26th overall dual-threat uh, quarterback in the country. He um, enrolled early. He is in in Syracuse right now, taking classes uh, in the spring. Um, 
he was he was interesting because uh, Dino Babers he talks about how he always wants to get a, at least one quarterback every cycle, and we didn't get any of the ones we wanted. And we eight months ago we were recruiting him, and he committed to Houston. Um, after that, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach from Houston actually left for a job in Florida, and so he opened up his recruitment, took a visit to Syracuse, and he uh, he committed there. So we ended up getting uh, one of the quarterbacks that we wanted from the beginning, and um, yeah, so it's a, it's a good addition to what we have right now as far as quarterback. He's the only quarterback in this class, so. All right, running back, Akeem Dixon, six foot, two hundred and thirty-five pounds from Vero Beach, Florida High School. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's going to be a theme because a majority of the people uh, in this class or players in this class are ranked three star in uh, two four seven. But he uh, he is a running back, seventy uh, sixth ranked running back overall. Um, he verbally committed um, in May. Uh, he chose us over Louisville and Purdue. Um, the only reason he didn't enroll early was because he was having some uh, issues with the academics and uh, getting in. But between December and now, he's got that fixed. So he uh, he committed on National Signing Day, one of three. Um, so, yeah. All right. First running back. And, and he's he's a top 100 recruit? No, he's the number 76 running back overall in the class. Oh, oh number, running back. Okay, yes. I got you. All right. Jarvion Howard, running back, 5'10", 202 pounds, out of East Marion High School in Columbia, Mississippi. What do you got? Again, three-star. Uh, he's ranked the 36th running back overall, and he chose SU over uh, uh, offers from Tennessee and Mississippi State, among others. Um, a kid from Mississippi, and uh, he's a hard worker. I, I watched a couple videos that they had. Um, he's a uh, very, very good kid, humble kid, works really hard. Uh and just like the uh, Akeem Dixon, these two running backs, um, they're, you know, 5'10", 5'11", but 200-plus pounds. Akeem Dixon, 235. Jarvin Howard's like 205, 210. So those guys, uh, they got really good vision. And um, the two running backs committed to our class. And it uh, looks like pretty good additions to um, to what we have right now. So, uh, And that was it for the running backs, started the wide receivers. Yep. Um Edward Hendricks, 6'3", 185 pounds, out of Woodson HD, whatever the hell HD is, Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh, what, what is that? It's supposed to be their school. What is HD? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, out of Washington, D.C. Yes, this is the uh, best receiver ranked that we got in this class. This is three-star, ranked number 77 uh, wide receiver overall. Uh, he was one of the more coveted wide receivers from the D.C. area. Um he had offers from Louisville, Michigan State, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh. I mean, he was he was like again highly coveted. Um, he does need to add some strength because he is kind of skinny for his size. But um, again, six three, he can go up and get the ball. He's fast. He's gonna be uh, fast, yeah. So like this is gonna be one of those things. We had four receivers in in this class, and and uh, he was the the top top ranked one, and um, that's that's the first one. So. Wide receiver Taj Harris, 6'2", 175 pounds out of Palmera High School in Palmera, New Jersey. Yep, uh, another three-star. Uh, he was ranked 125th wide receiver. And uh, again, with those, you know, with the with receiver rankings, you have to kind of look at it as perspective of how many receivers play in, you know, Division One and stuff like that. So that's still pretty good talent. Um, 
He chose us over at, uh, offers from Temple, NC State, Rutgers, and Maryland. Um, and again, just one of those tall, uh, kind of fast receivers with some stride and can go up and get the ball. You know, he's six two. Ed Hendricks six three. Those are the type of guys that um that they're trying to recruit for the you know outside receiver spot in uh, his Babers offense. So we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of recruits every year just like that. So, all right, wide receiver Cooper Lutz. 5'11", 190 pounds out of Burke's Catholic in Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, this one's an interesting one. Uh, again, a three-star. He wasn't really getting that many looks coming out of his junior year because he missed eight games due to injury, but he's ranked the 286 wide receiver. And um, I know that sounds bad, but in uh, his high school in Pennsylvania, he um, actually excelled. He played running back in safety. If you go and look at his stats as a running back, I mean, that those were his those were his positions. Um so he is being recruited from Syracuse to play the slot receiver spot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. And um, he kind of looks like a perfect fit and just one of those things where, in this instance, rankings really don't mean that much. Because it's just one of those things where it's more of a perfect fit for a system. Uh, and he's a good kid. Um, a couple of his, he didn't get too many, too many looks as far as um, offers because he was pretty solid um, with Syracuse. But um, he did have offers from Army and Navy. So, you know, he's high character kid, oh, smart, yeah, not going to have to worry about academics. So hopefully uh, he ends up working out. So, I mean, you watch his tape, he kind of looks like a mini Christian McCaffrey. So. All right, last wide receiver, Anthony Queeley, 6'2", 195 pounds, out of Lake Nona, Orlando, Florida. Yes. Uh, he's another three-star, uh, 161st wide receiver ranking. Um, he came up to Syracuse this past summer for a camp, and he impressed them. Uh, he was beating all the D-backs, by far the, the best wide receiver there, and they offered him, um, I think, the next day, or it might have been the same day. And uh, although he did he did field offers later in the recruiting process from Minnesota and Duke, um, among some other smaller Power Five uh, teams, 
he stayed uh, solid with Syracuse um, since that camp. It was pretty much, you know, it was a match and it wasn't going to change. So, again, another 6'2", 195-pound guy. You can see with this class he went three guys with around, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 190, 195 pounds. You're going to have to get bigger and, you know, obviously mentally learn the system. But uh, I, I like the group of guys they got. So four wide receivers you know stacking up with the way they play their offense so you always want to see that yep um next up tight end gabe haran 6'6 260 cw baker in baldwinsville new york yeah yeah this is a uh, hero yeah hometown guy um he did have offers from boston college in buffalo but um i don't think he he was never gonna waver he was one of the first first uh commits and um Again, like we said, hometown guy, three-star. Uh, he was actually on, on 247 Sports. He's ranked 116th offensive tackle. So, um, Yeah, they got him. They, got him. they look at him as either an offensive tackle or a tight end. I yeah. think, though, they might give him a look at tight end at first uh, because we are kind of deep as far as offensive line and young. So who knows how much he's going to be able to break through. So they'll probably give him a go at tight end. But if he's not going to be able to handle it there, then they'll turn him into an offensive lineman. And uh, again, one of the better players in the state of New York. Um, so that was a pretty good grab for uh, for us. All right. Offensive guard Carlos Vitorilo, University of Detroit Jesuit in Detroit. 6'4", yeah. 277. Uh, yep. Uh, another guard. Uh, and ranked 37th offensive guard in the class. And um, he actually was being actually really, really like highly recruited during his junior year. He was really good as a sophomore and a junior. And um, for some reason, and I, I haven't been able to, to find any news on it, but for some reason his, his recruiting kind of fell off. I don't know if maybe he was just playing with a better talented team. And I, I really don't know. But, um, but uh he was offered by Boston College and Pitt and um, some other low-end uh, Big Ten schools. So, uh, but by his ranking and, and what they talk about, uh, the coaching staff thinks it's a steal. So, um, he got overlooked, and um, um, just another offensive lineman just adds to the to the bunch. All right, offensive tackle Willem Fromey, six-five, two hundred ninety pounds, uh, Exeter High School, Exeter, New Hampshire. Yes, this is those guys that Babers talks about when you listen to his press conference and talking about owning the Northeast. Uh, Northeast is tough because there's not it, it's not really looked at as highly competitive um, football. It's not a lot of uh, spring stuff going on down south schools. They got a lot of that stuff going on. So um, there's a lot of times there's a lot of diamonds in the rough, but it's tough to get recruited, tough to get seen. This kid again, just like Anthony Queeley, the receiver. Uh, he came to uh, a camp this summer and he impressed and the coaching staff offered him in the spot. And he was, again, one of those other um, one of the first guys that that, that verbal. So um, he never really wavered and and never really. I mean, I know he has some other offers, but he was he was cues all the way. Uh, another three star and ranked uh, 144th offensive tackle. So, again, just just another guy to add to the stable yeah, of uh, no of of linemen, you know. So yeah, and here's another one: offensive tackle Kadir White, six seven, yes. three hundred and thirty four pounds. Just a big yep. dude, Cardinal Hayes out of the Bronx. Yep, uh, another th- three star in this on two four seven Sports, but I know he was. I think he's ranked a four star in either Scout or um, ESPN. But um, number four recruit in the state of New York, and he 
was offered by very, very high-level teams from SEC and other Power 5 teams. I know I saw Georgia and a couple other um, SEC and, and Florida State. There's a, He got offered by a lot of, you know, you see, you see the size. And um, he they just say how he's probably not going to be able to help us in the first year. But um, what his ranking and his number is, is uh, it's crazy potential. He's athletic for his size. He's crazy athletic. We it's just more or less. Down low. Oh, that yeah, weight. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's 28th overall offensive tackle. And he was getting he was getting recruited by a lot of a lot of big, big schools. And again, he's probably going to have to learn. And, and it, I guess a lot of what he's got to learn is technique and staying low because the guy is six, seven. So. But again, he's probably this, one of the studs of the class, and um, hopefully in a, a year or two, he'll be able to uh, to be that left tackle and anchor that that offensive line for um, Tommy DeVito. All right, defensive end Caleb Okachukwu. Sound familiar? A little bit, kind of. 6'4", 240 uh, pounds. Yeah. St. John's <laughs> yeah. College High School out of Washington, D.C. Yep, yep. Uh, another three-star, right? The 76th uh, strong side defensive end in the class, and he chose us on National Signing Day um, like over Texas and Arkansas. Uh, he was under all under all Armour All American, um, and he's got again one of those guys where the, the the coaching staff is talking about how he's got crazy potential, but he just he might have to sit a year to to gain a little bit of weight, get a little bit of muscle. But um, again, um, it was a great pickup, especially uh, on National Signing Day. So. All right, our first linebacker, Juan Wallace, 6'2", 215, IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Yeah, yeah, this guy's a stud. Um, Three-star, number 43, inside linebacker. He was an early enrollee, so he's on campus, already taking classes. Um, Chose Syracuse over Maryland at the time, was one of the more higher suitors. But as the season went on um, and as the recruiting process went on, Georgia – they came in late and they offered a scholarship late, but um, he stayed committed to Syracuse because he wanted to be an early enrollee and it was just a little too late. So definitely, I mean, if Georgia came in late and offered him a scholarship, then I'm, I'm glad to have him. All right. Linebacker Trey Allison, 6'1", 212 pounds. John Tyler, Tyler, Texas, another Tyler, Texas guy coming in. Yep. They, they, he recruits a lot out of Texas. He's got ties into Texas, so. Yep, yep, he does. He was he coached at Baylor, so he knows some high schools down there. But um, Trey Allison, three-star, um, number fifty-five offensive lineman in the class, and um, earlier in the in the the year, he uh, had verbal to to SMU and the coach. They left. He got a job, opened up his recruitment, and um, visited Syracuse and. Uh, I, Pretty sure he committed uh, right after the, the visit, and um, it's been pretty pretty quiet since then. I mean, there hasn't really been any talk. He was he was Syracuse 100% all the way, and again, just another another guy. I don't know if he's going to be able to come in and play this year. Dino Babers, he's definitely made a couple comments as far as with the last year and the last couple of years of recruits and people he has. Um, he feels like the depth is pretty good, and you're going to have to be pretty good to to play this year if you're a freshman and. I just don't know if he's got the, the strength, but um, you never know. But uh, definitely a good get, again, just to add the, the depth to the linebacker position. So. Yep, last linebacker, Lakeem Williams, 6'2", 240 pounds, uh, out of 
Butte College in Oroville, California. He is a junior college guy. He was ranked the number six offensive linebacker in junior college, uh, 20th overall in um, the junior college ranking is three-star. Um, he chose us over Cal in Houston. Um, he is an early enrollee, so he did sign in December, and he is at, at Syracuse taking classes already. And as you see, that, that type of size right there, um, I, I don't know how many years he had. I mean, I don't know if he was only there for one year, if he's going to be a sophomore. I mean, if he's got two or three years left. But I do know, as you can see, 6'2", 240. Um, that's, that's a stout guy. Yeah, it's stout. And that's why I said something about uh, Trey Allison maybe not having, you know, cause, but the guys that we do have, it's been there the past couple of years, and then you throw in this guy who's a Juco with that kind of size. Again, it's just it just gives us a little bit of a of a breather to where we can – allow some players to, to come in and develop and not force them into to play in when they might not be physically ready to. So, All right, safety, Cameron jo- Jonas, 6'1", 187, out of Dwyer High School in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Yes. He's a three-star, number 47 safety, and to be perfectly honest with you, if you looked at his ranking last year after his junior year, it was better than this. Um he got injured before his senior year this year, and he had a lot of a lot of. He was getting looked at by a lot of big Power Five schools, um, and he got injured, and um, a lot of them backed off. Syracuse didn't, and he he rewarded our coaching staff for that. Um, this guy, this kid, is better than than what um, than what his ranking is, and he's an early enrollee. He's at school. He's going to be there in the spring. Um, the way that technology and the way that people come back from these injuries now, I, I'm not really worried about him coming back. So this is one of the guys that looks like one of the biggest steals as far as, as I'm concerned. Not if you look at the rankings, but the fact of just he's only there because of an injury. And it's unfortunate for, for him, but at the same time, it's fortunate for us. So hopefully it'll end up working out for the both of us. Yeah, another safety, uh, another another safety, another player out of IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Andre Cisco, six foot one eighty six. Uh, yes, uh, number uh, three star, uh, number seventy four safety in the class, and he again an early enrollee. He's enrolled. He's just up in Syracuse taking classes. Um, he chose Syracuse over Nebraska and Illinois. Uh, this is an interesting guy though. Um, they say that he's got a lot of potential. He because of where he played in high school. He in his junior year he sat behind a lot of. Um, D1 recruits uh, and players, you know, seniors ahead of him, and that tends to happen when you play in a in a you know state full of a you know a hotbed of recruits. But um, he didn't really have a lot of rec- offers at all going into his senior year, if any. And because that he turned into the starter his senior year, he definitely took advantage of the situation. And he, you saw, you know, Nebraska, Illinois, us. Um, so again, I don't, I don't think that he's got to the best of his ability he hasn't even been a starter enough to do so so in one year he he proved that he can can play d1 so again probably come in red shirt but hopefully down down the road he's going to be able to help us all right and the last one 18 out of 18 is trill williams 62 190 out of archbishop staminic in white plains new york (laughs) yeah they got they got they got trill just listed as an athlete he play any position yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, that's that is one thing. There's a, there are a lot of players in this conference that, or sorry, in this conference in this recruiting class where it's um they could play multiple 
you know, when we talk, when I talked about the the positions and, and what they are, it's just what you know we're recruiting them as, and what two four seven sports has them True. ranked as. Right. But um, we did get a class full of athletes that that play both sides of the ball pretty well, and um, Trill Williams is pretty much the the cherry on top as far as this recruiting class is concerned. Um, he had an injury in his junior year, so. He didn't really have a recruiting process his junior year. He was number three recruit in the New York State. So we had number three and number four as far as New York State. One and two went to Ohio State, of course. But uh, he was ranked the number 20th athlete overall. Is recruiting him as a cornerback. Um, but he, again, I mean, he's got the the athletic ability to play probably four or five different positions. Um he uh, after his injury after his junior year, he prematurely verbal to Rutgers because he was nervous that because of his injury, you know, he might not get another offer. And when he realized that that was not the case, he um, he reopened his recruitment and um, visited a couple other schools: Boston College, Pittsburgh, Syracuse. And he uh, eventually committed to Syracuse. Um, and again, he ended up having such a good senior year that he boosted his stock up to a number four, a four star. And he is, in, according to two four seven sports, the only four star that we have in this recruiting class. So nice to get a guy that normally would probably go to a to a bigger school because those bigger schools come and pawn off New York uh, athletes. And to get to number three and number four recruits from New York State this year is uh, is a big win for for us. So a lot of freshmen coming in um, after having kind of a young team, something to build on. Coach Babers was asked about that in his press conference. This is what he had to say. You just mentioned you played a lot of freshmen in your first couple of years. How much does this class kind of help? You know, you don't have to maybe uh, play those freshmen and kind of you know, get that depth that you were talking about. Mark, I think you're exactly right. This is this is kind of the break class right here, and uh, we're going to have we've got good players on the team. And these guys have to really, the freshmen have to really come in and show that they're going to contribute uh, for them to be able to play. If not, then they're going to, meaning, what I mean by they're the break class, these are the guys we're going to start redshirting and building up that foundation and building up that depth chart. So they need to be really good if they're going to play this year. Uh, there he's talking about basically, you know, if you look at it, you know, from the 30,000 foot view, still a new coach, still building his team, just starting to see some of the fruits of, of what he's doing there. Um, so pretty interesting in my opinion, you know, yeah. uh, you know, having, he's finally getting his guys when he first started getting there, starting to get a little older, you know, he's really starting to build it and it takes time. And in, yeah. in, in, this is a good recruiting class. Uh, like you said, I think you said it was uh, top 50 nationally. It was as 50 right on the dot. Right, so. right at 50. And again, actually. we still, I mean, we still have three scholarships remaining to, to boost, you know, the class up, you know, as far as from now until. What would you, you know, what would you look for, Joe? What, what would you look for? I mean, I mean, running back. Well, there's, well, there's a couple of things. Um, uh, right now, Jawar Jordan, he's a running back um, out of Arizona. And he's number 19 all-purpose back right now, uh, three-star. And he's pretty much committed 110% to, to Syracuse. It's just he – and he would have committed on uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever national signing day was. And, but he is waiting on some grades and the whole academic qualifying stuff. So um, he's going to have up till the summer to, to get that uh, done. And from everything that I've seen, 
it's essentially just kind of a, a blip in the radar and it's a, it's inevitable. Um, so they're already kind of marking him as a scholar as the 19th guy. So, okay. um, barring anything crazy, Jawar Jordan, another running back, um, more of a smaller, you know, pass catching speed back, like a Moniel, you know, Dante Strickland type, um, from what I understand, he's he's going to be orange, as, uh, barring some type of disaster with his grades. Um, we did have a uh, another guy we were looking at, Dwayne Johnson, uh, D-back um, out of a junior college. He has kind of prolonged his um, his recruitment. He was uh, set to, to uh, commit on National Signing Day, and he decided on National Signing Day to say that he wasn't going to commit anywhere that day and because he's junior college uh he has a little bit more time um but that's another guy that would definitely bolster up the uh the recruiting class um and then uh another interesting one is um kevin johnson jr which is a weird it's weird because they were talking about how he committed to Syracuse and he's actually enrolled in Syracuse right now. He's taking classes in Syracuse. He was a two star, uh, number 387th receiver. And obviously everybody knows, uh, and remembers Kevin Johnson, uh, senior now, uh, the, uh, receiver that played with McNabb and went on to uh, have a pretty good NFL career from Syracuse. So it's his son. Yeah, it's his son. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Oh, I Kevin, did yeah, not he, know he, that. And he, and, yeah. And he played at IMG Academy as well. Oh no, kidding! Yep, and uh, a lot of right guys now, coming out of there. They pump up. They pump out some athletes, huh? Yeah, and they. Um, as far as right now, like I said, he's enrolled, but I guess he's enrolled as a walk-on. Um, obviously, I mean, well, with his dad cool playing too. in the NFL, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's probably not too worried about money. But um, he, he, I mean, he he was said to have been offered by uh, Colorado and Florida was shown a little bit of interest. So it's not like he didn't have a place where he could get a scholarship. Um, so again, I don't know if he's going to be awarded a scholarship or or if you know his father is just going to pay his way and and I I don't really understand no but as far as right now goes I know that he's on campus taking classes and he's listed as a walk on right now. Oh, well, um, if he's good enough, he should get his scholarship unless they've you know. Oh, hundred percent. I yeah. think it just might be one of those situations where their father might just think you know hey I'll help you out type thing. He went yeah. to school there and. You know, I'll help you out. I'll pay his way to so open up another scholarship. scholarship. Who knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, um, but again, um, with these extra scholarships, from what I understand, probably just going to go, um, you know, the junior college or our graduate um, senior route. A lot of times graduate seniors, uh, just like Amba Adetau a couple of years ago, they kind of wait to see where the, you know, where the, the dominoes fall and, and who goes where and to see where really – the openings are to where they're going to go and actually get playing time. You know what I mean? So um, that's probably where we're going to go. If we do have scholarships, probably the Babers and the coaching staff will get together. They'll see where they think they need to improve or they'll try to get best available. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we at least have one scholarship remaining that goes to a graduate senior. Um, I'm not going to say what position, but it might be a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Another receiver. So, yeah, no, I mean, we did. It'd be and five. Again, and one of the things that go against our scholarships as well, because usually you get the max 25 scholarship, but we did have those two transfers, um, the, the former four-star uh, recruits that are 
going to have two years of eligibility. Uh, Tristan uh, Jackson, the receiver for Michigan State, and Abdul Adams, the uh, running back from Oklahoma. Those guys, um, I think they're they're counting toward our, our scholarship, uh, and they're they're going to be going to school, but they have to sit out this year. So that's one of the reasons why we don't have close to twenty five uh, scholarships like normal. But uh, again, I think in, in two years, I think we're going to be happy that we that we waited for them and got them. So. All right. Well, It'll be interesting to see how we fill these last three spots, but I think Jawar Jordan's going to be one, and uh, we'll see what happens with those graduate seniors. But again, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Johnson Jr. doesn't doesn't get awarded a scholarship by the time it's all said and done. So, yeah, then like you said, it's definitely um, it would probably most likely be a, a you know and something that was worked out, but. Uh, I mean, I guess it could be. It's total speculation. But anyway, right. Um, just to put things into a little bit of perspective here, on the um, they came out with the the spending for every school, and and you can compare SU any SU sport with any other school in the nation. Um, Syracuse's spending on their football program alone is twenty two million dollars. You might be like, oh, that's a ton of money. Well. Um, it is a ton of money, but well, yeah, to us, <laughs> but, right? But uh, number one in the ACC alone is uh, Florida State, and they spend forty-eight point three million a year on their football program, and I believe they're ranked second nationally. And number one, of course, is Alabama. They spend sixty-two point three million dollars a year on their football program, and also. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's a ton. Because when you put that into perspective, Joe, with how much Syracuse spends on all their athletic programs, um, you know, from the whole start to finish, department. the whole athletic department for the whole entire year, all the sports, all the sports, every single one, it's like low seventy-one million. Okay, hmm. and you might be, oh, that's a ton of money, but their revenues were about twenty million. So Syracuse sports actually. They make about $20 million. Well, no, I, they did this past year, which was a record year for them, to, uh, making $20 million, um, in revenue. After spending low 70s, they came out with like 90-something. So it was just under $20 million. It's like $19 million and something. But just to put things into perspective, that, that 70-something million to $62 million for, um, for um, Alabama football. Alabama football, yeah. Just football. Just football, dude. Yeah. Well, it shows. Exactly, right? <laughs> Money but, talks. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But, I mean, look at all their other programs, you know? I mean, they're not – I mean, their basketball program's decent. Actually, their basketball program ain't half bad this year. But um, uh, but they pride themselves I mean, I on their football. I don't know how they do with baseball and stuff like that, but they're a football school. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what else, too? I consider Syracuse and always have considered Syracuse a basketball school – and our football program spends $22 million, and our basketball program spends 13. 13. And our basketball program probably makes more. Oh, I would guarantee it. They bring and they, What was our largest crowd for football? It was the Clemson game. It was like 24,000, remember? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we just pulled 27 at the UVA game. Yeah. So for <laughs> basketball. So plus there's more games, and there's more home games. So there's definitely more revenue coming in from that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but I yeah. just thought it was interesting. Um, if only there was more money in lacrosse. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where we, where it's, where, but, you know, that just goes to show, too, how good our 
lacrosse team has been in the past. Do they have like a ranking of all the teams? Like, could you so, go into like the football yeah, and see like where they're ranked about all the D one teams? In football? You could you could go check any school. Um, this is this was all at Syracuse.com. and you can go and check this this where I got that information from was an article headlined Syracuse Athletic reports record revenues, how much does SU spend on each sport? And it gives SU's breakdown. There's another article either right before that or right after that on the timeline at Syracuse.com where you can go to it, type in any school and find out exactly what they spend on all their programs. So you can compare wow. anything. Okay. But, yeah, you got to do a little legwork. So, yeah. <laughs> that's that. too much. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting. So, all right, Joe. Any final thoughts on the recruiting class? No, I, I, obviously, I mean, I think it's a good one. I think it's all about what, like Baber said, it, you don't want, traditionally, you don't want true freshmen coming in, you know. Um, from what I understand, I mean, that whole star system of, you know, five-star, four-star, three-star, everything like that, from what I understand, it's more like who's more ready to play. You know what I mean? So when you see a five-star, it's more or less like they're just more ready to play. It's more like a physical thing and – with three stars, that's basically what's what makes up college football. Two and three stars make up college football, um, and it's what happens from there. You know, is a three star good enough? So every now and again, yes, absolutely. But a two and a three star, that just means there's potential. You just need to get bigger. You just need to figure stuff out. You know, and um, this class and his classes before um, have given him a, a, in a put him in a situation where. He can take advantage of the red shirts and he doesn't have to just throw people in there because he needs bodies. Um, we have a little bit of depth now. We redshirted a lot of guys last year and albeit the next couple I mean, next year we're probably gonna start a lot or play a lot of, you know, redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomores, players like that. But just to be able to get that depth, I mean, it's gonna be there now. Now we have it. So Right. Exactly. You know, he, so and, and, and again, I think uh, you see a lot of um, what he talked about as well. It's just with the players that he that he got, you know, with lengthy receivers, um, more length as far as safeties go. And if you look at the linebackers and their size, um, just they're they're way bigger than what I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from Paris Bennett or anything away from Zaire Franklin, uh, but them coming is Zaire Franklin six foot. You know, Paris Bennett, he's 6'3", but he's 2'15". I mean, the guys that we're bringing in are already bigger and stronger than that. So it's just more or less getting them out there, getting the system in their head. And uh, I like it, man. I'm excited. You know me. All right, football, yeah, I'm you're, excited. You're excited. I'm not even thinking football right now. I've got the whole summer to relax and chill at the beach and by the pool and go fishing. So you're way ahead of me, but... Um, you did a great job breaking everything down. Um, I appreciate you coming in and doing it. Um, obviously, we're going to be back after Wake Forest, so be on the lookout for that. So this is your recruiting episode 57. Remember, go to facebook.com forward slash Nation podcast. Thumb us up there. The list of recruits, if you're interested, is on – I did post it to the Facebook page, so that is there. And that is all. So we will see you after Wake Forest. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Later. Peace. You just heard the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe.